3: That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness.
4: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombus.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST.
0: G-A-L-D-E-M.
4: G-A-L-D-E-M. This home is good.
3: Welcome to season three of Growing Up with Galdem, inspired by our book I Will Not Be Erased, our stories about growing up as people of colour.
4: My name is Charlie Frankles Cuth. I'm the editor-in-chief at Galdem. Galdem is an award-winning media company committed to platforming the voices, perspectives and creative work of people of colour of marginalised genders. Each week on the podcast we invite a guest to respond to old diary entries, letters or text messages from their younger selves. The point is to nurture important discussions about growing up.
3: I'm Natty Kasimbala. I'm a former editor and longtime contributor at Galdem. You can find Growing Up With Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Today, we're joined by Madam Storm, an international dominatrix and female empowerment coach who offers a range of services that help women to be sexually confident. Her famous Strut masterclass shows women how to walk correctly in their high heels whilst owning their space. Through her identity programme, she helps women recreate themselves and become the people they desire to be. And for the women who wish to ignite their inner mistress and explore their kinks and desires, Madam Storm offers personal mistress training in her dungeon, which sounds very exciting.
3: So welcome to the show, Madam Storm. It's so great to have you here. How are you doing today?
5: I'm feeling good. I'm so excited that I'm here with you two ladies. Oh,
3: we are so excited to get into everything that we're going to talk about in your extract and just the world that you inhabit. And I just wanted to start with something that was in your bio, which is the idea of helping women recreate themselves. Um, And I just wondered if you could tell us a little bit about that and why you feel like it's such an important practice for us in the world today.
5: I think it's really important. When I first created the identity program, it was from interacting with all these different types of women. And they all came to me with the same sort of issues that they're coming to me not knowing who they are. No one asks anyone like, who are you? we kind of told who we are. You know, we grow up in the family home. We have our parents or families' values and beliefs um, brought upon us. And we kind of grow up with those beliefs and those values. And then we come into the world as independent individuals. And then society tells us who we should be. And then we have social norms. And, you know, people feel really frustrated because they feel like they are different, but they're too scared to say, no, actually this is who I am. So a lot of women who come to me because I am open about my sexuality and being a, a dominatrix, they feel very comfortable coming to me and saying, no, you know, how am I able to live in my true self? Like how am I able to be authentic? And that's when I decided to create this identity program. So it's about looking at the person that you are today and who do you want to become? Because that's the beauty of being being human. That's the beauty of life. We are the masters of our own creation. And every day we have the opportunity to recreate ourselves. And identity is such an important thing. It's like the key to who you are. It's the key to the jobs you go for. It's the key to relationships you get into. And it's so important that we spend time on creating the woman that we want to be. Awesome. Thank you so much.
4: So... What do you think has sort of given you the confidence to teach other people? Because I kind of, I feel like that's such a skill and such a big responsibility to be kind of guiding people down this path of self-exploration and identity curation, as you've kind of just described.
5: Yeah, I had to work my ass off to get to where I am. And when I say work, I mean, really, I should say fight. It was a fight to be here today, even speaking to you ladies. And that came from knowing who I am, being bullied throughout my whole high school life because I was different to everybody else, fighting against that. You know, even when I tried to have a normal job, <laughs> that in itself was such a challenge, especially as a black woman, you know, I'm five foot 11, I got a strong presence and I, and I look different to, you know, what an average or normal person, you know, would, would look like, so I've been told. So I always stand out, okay? And I had to really look within who I was as an individual and as a woman and let go of all the disempowering thoughts that other people projected onto me. I had to really look at myself and take responsibility for everything in my life and say, okay, I'm scared, but if I'm gonna win, I'm gonna gonna win being me. And if I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose being me. So for all these years, I've come up to so many different obstacles and challenges, and and I've overcome them. And that is why I'm able to teach other people, because I can sympathize. I understand what it's like to go against the norm. I understand what it's like not to do, you know, what your parents want you to do. I'm I'm sure my parents did not want me to grow up to be this (laughs) this dominatrix, (laughs) but... It is is what it is, you know, and I came against so many doubters that didn't understand who I was, didn't understand what my mission was, and and I'm here today to tell the story. So I'm really passionate about people living in their true selves and being authentic. So that's how I'm able to help my women. It's not just what I've learned in books, you know, I come from a psychology Mm. background. It's not that. It's not text. This is real life experiences that I've gone through and... I've done certain exercises and I'm like look I improve this works let's get to work
4: Mm
5: -hmm. yeah
3: Mm -hmm. I think that point that you raised just then is a really interesting one like when it comes to self-discovery and identity which is always of course always shifting you kind of I feel like what you do when you exist in new spaces or with people who you don't necessarily know can be one thing and it can be liberating but it's almost like the biggest obstacle can be to reintroduce and recreate yourself with the people who you're already close to or who already think that they, Absolutely. you know, know you and know what you're about. <clears throat> and I wanted to ask, like, if there were three things that you think our listeners could do today to help themselves feel more confident in whatever aspects of their lives, what, do you, what would you recommend?
5: Yeah, and um, before I jump into that, I just want to kind of, like, highlight what you just said about other people Um, They need time to get used to this new, fabulous you, right? You could be a person that in your family or in your your friend setting, that doesn't really speak up. You're known as the shy person, yeah? yeah? Be consistent. When you're going for your change, be consistent and set your Mm. boundaries. People will start to come around and they will respect you for it.
4: Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's great advice. Great advice.
5: Thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there because... When my clients do go through this amazing change, they're like, Madam Storm, I feel amazing. However, people don't really know how to react to me anymore. And I'm like, girl, stick to your guns, set your Mm -hmm. standards, have boundaries, and be consistent. Because if you're not consistent in who you are, then people are not going to be consistent in their behavior towards you. Okay? And some people might not like the new you that's okay too Mm -hmm. (laughs) because the new you has these boundaries the new you has a voice the new you is confident the new you is powerful and not a lot of people may adjust to that with ease and if they don't Mm. then they don't deserve to be in your life going back to what you asked me i would say my journey in becoming confident was self-acceptance once i accepted who i was game changer. Just accept who you are and be comfortable with who you are and know that you are enough. So I would say self-acceptance, your mindset, be really careful about your mind, like what you feed your mind with. You know, I know there's this big conversation about how much time people spend on social media, but it's not just that it's the conversations you have with your girlfriends, your families, it's the music you listen to, it's the television programs you listen to, okay? These all affect your subconscious mind. So be really aware of what you feed your mind and and be aware of the words that you speak. So I'm going on to affirmations now. I'm a big believer in affirmations. I say affirmations every single day and I have special affirmations for different things, okay? I think affirmations are really important because it sets your mindset for the day. Like I do my affirmations every single day and it's really important to give yourself love and to give yourself attention and power, right? So for me, if I'm about to go on a stage, I say, I am here, I am powerful, I am enough. So it all depends on my situation. I have different affirmations for different circumstances. If I'm going into the dungeon, I might be like, yes, honey, I'm that dom, I'm that baddie, yes. So I really, I really hype myself up and I give myself a lot of positive energy because we're very used to saying negative things about ourselves. So, you know, things like I'm lazy or I'm not good enough or I'm silly or I'm fat. These are really negative thoughts that you're having and I really believe that what you think your body projects so if you're constantly talking negative about yourself and your whole body language your whole tonality is going to come across really negative and that's got a lot to do with confidence as well so the more confident you are speaking to yourself speaking positivity to yourself the more your body will project that confidence and in time it will all become aligned So you telling yourself every single day that you are beautiful, that you are confident, that you are enough, that you are sexy. Your body is going to project that sort of confidence and that energy, and before you know it, you're in positive relationships—not just romantic relationships, but positive relationships with your peers, family members. Okay, you're probably in a really good job because you deserve better. You've told yourself time and time again that you are enough, that you are powerful. And that confidence that allows you to go out there and be the best version of yourself is what will change your life.
4: Yeah, it's really interesting. I used to be sceptical about affirmations and I kind of thought they were like a bit cringy or like, you know, unhelpful for me personally. But I got this, I got this set of cards and in this set of cards, they've got some like really nice and like quite like deep affirmations (laughs) and I read I read through them one day and I was like actually you know what I'll just pop these on my like on my desk like where I go and put my my makeup on in the morning and every now and then I'm not saying I I think for me personally they don't work all the time especially if I'm like in a really bad headspace but every now and then I'll catch sight of them and I'm like actually you know what that did make me feel better and that is just a good reminder to have and I also I also think that there's certain people in your life who almost act as your affirmations like I've got one friend who is really good at always like affirming me and like and just giving me that little boost and I feel like that's something that that is really special too
5: yeah I think that's always nice to have other people to to kind of support you but what about when that person isn't there what about that time when you're about to go into a meeting or you're at home and you really want to apply for a job and your friend isn't there I think having supportive friends is really important and family is really important but for me personally, I feel like having that self-validation for myself and having the tools, it's all about having the tools to be able to put yourself in that positive mindset, you know? Like people always ask me, Are you? do you feel confident and happy every single day? It's like, no. <laughs> no, no, I don't, you know? But I allow myself to go through these emotions because I accept myself. I accept that I'm going to have high days and I'm going to have low days. But I also have a check-in list as well. So my check-in list is a list of things that I have written down to make sure that I feel balanced. Because sometimes you forget why you're feeling moody. Oh, because I'm on my cycle. Oh, okay. My bad. I was weeping all day, but I just had to remind myself, I am really that bad bitch. I'm just a on. <laughs> right? <laughs> so on my success list, I have exercising, sleeping well, mm. you know, being around positive vibrations if one of those things are off my list, at least I can then check it and be like, oh, that's why I feel really down. I haven't had enough sleep. Or that's why I feel down. I haven't been exercising. Or that's why I feel down. I haven't been eating very well this week. So I think it's really important that we all know ourselves and understand the things that we need to be positive and to be the best version of ourselves.
4: Yeah, for sure. Um, So just before we get onto extract, I just had one final question kind of going back to your biography, what you do, um, the fact that you're a dominatrix. And I wanted to just speak a little bit about how black sexuality is perceived and sort of compared to like white sexuality and and what your experiences have been as a black mistress in what I presume is a predominantly white space.
5: I don't mind nobody else. I mind what I'm doing. The reason why I, I say this is because, again, these disempowering beliefs And what other people say can make a big difference to your confidence and your self-esteem. So when I started off as a dom, I focused on being the best dominatrix that I could be. I wasn't worried about anybody else. I wasn't worried about other people saying, oh, you know, this is a white world or you're not going to get too much work with shaved hair. I didn't listen to any of that. I literally was like, this is what I want to do and I'm going to put 100% into it and Coming out and being very um, public with being a mistress, I've gotten so many messages from black women saying, thank you so much. Like, they didn't know that they could take up space in in this industry. Okay, They, they, they didn't know that they were allowed to. They didn't know that there was a space for it. I even had one lady say to me, oh, thank you so much for wearing your afro. I was told by a white dom that I wouldn't get any work wearing an afro. And I get so many messages from women saying that other white mistresses have told them that this is not a field for black women.
4: Yeah. And I guess I guess that was another question I was I was going to ask you was have you managed then to create a community of, of black people within this space? Like, is there is there other people that you talk to, chat to about your experiences? And, you know, I'd love to hear about that.
5: Yeah, it's it's been amazing. When I first started this journey off again, I had to fight to be the person that I am, and to see all these women reach out to me and say, you know, thank you so much, and having all these black women come to the dungeon, you know, they come to the dungeon and I train them, and they feel so liberated, they feel so free. Um, even my online sexual and body confidence course just are giving them that safe space to explore their sensuality and to feel free and to feel sexy without being over-sexualized, you know? Like to celebrate themselves as these beautiful black women. I feel so honored and humbled that I have been given this gift. and, And I thank people like yourselves that continue to give me these platforms so I can continue to speak and do my work because it really is important. You know, I believe that every single woman should feel empowered, but our sisters have been so hard done by that it really breaks my heart when I work with some individuals that don't realize how beautiful they are They're So we are so beautiful and we're so powerful. We're all goddesses and we come in all different shades and sizes. And, and I'm just really glad that I'm part of this community that helps celebrate black women and help celebrate women to be the authentic selves.
3: Mm-hmm. I think that's such a great, such a great, like, sentiment as well. Um, and now, I guess we'll get into your extracts, with, um, which I'm really excited for you to read. So, yeah, have you got it to hand that you can read
5: out for us? I do, I do. I did write this many years ago, maybe four or five years ago. Okay. Um, I, I wrote this. My, my writing has gotten better since. <laughs> 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 okay, so here it goes. Dear sister... Who told you you wasn't beautiful? Who told you you wasn't perfect in your form? My sister, who taught you not to love yourself unconditionally? My sister, you are beautiful, a piece of art. You are the artist, a perfect picture. Dip your brush into your colorful aura. Your beautiful smile says a thousand words. You are perfect in your form. You are unique in every way. My beautiful sister, you are enough. You are beauty. You are light. You are magic. Allow love in. Love yourself unconditionally. Dip your brush into your beautiful aura. You are the creator. You are the artist of your life. Paint a pretty picture. Let the world hang your art upon a wall. Let us see your true beauty. You are perfect in your form.
3: Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for reading that. I wanted to say first off, shout out to Tumblr, because I saw that this was yeah. originally posted on Tumblr. We love it. That was like the, <laughs> the, the, the com- what's the word I'm looking for? Like the communal uh, collective journal of a lot of us growing up, I think as well. Yeah.
2: Mother's Day is around the corner.
0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Wow!
3: Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts, made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness.
4: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST.
3: Yeah. Were you a big Tumblr user?
5: Do you know, I've always loved writing. And when something close to me, like that was actually written for my sister... And Mm. having so many other women talk to me about their journey of self-acceptance, that's why I wrote that. So for me, writing has always been my passion, but then I got really busy doing other stuff. Um, So now I've actually launched my own blog called Power of the Pussy, which is amazing. It's like my baby because I'm able to just write freely, unapologetically, Mm. like raw, so to speak. And the feedback's been like really amazing. So I'm definitely getting back into writing more and more.
4: I was going to say as well that um, for some reason when, with the title of this being Dear Sister, I immediately didn't think of your sister as an Your actual literal sister. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. I yeah. Di- I thought it was actually directed towards yourself. Um, so that's super interesting.
5: Yeah, no, I wrote, I wrote it for my sister because a lot of us go through similar things, right? That's why when we call each other sister, we know, right, we, we feel each other. So I'm glad that you felt that it was two sisters because you are my sister.
3: And is it your younger sister? What's the relationship there? And I wanted to ask as well, like what kind of inspired you to write this for her? Was there anything in particular?
5: I just wanted her to know that she's beautiful and that. She is enough. I don't want to um, divulge too much information because it, it is about her and I want to respect her privacy. And I, I have two sisters, by the way. So it was written for one of my sisters.
4: Um, oh, okay. But it
5: was, yeah. But it was it was the same sort of thing that most women come to me for, you know, for, for confidence. They have low self-esteem, not not feeling like they have a place in this world, you know, not feeling noticed. And I wanted my sister to feel noticed. I wanted her to know that regardless of social norms, regardless of what the media says, regardless of what anyone says about you, that you have to understand that you are beautiful. And once you accept who you are and understand the power that you have within you, that is when your true beauty will shine
4: gorgeous I guess more generally speaking what um was your relationship like with your sisters growing up like were you guys close or did it take time for you to develop that relationship I'm really interested to know
5: my oldest sister is much older than me and (laughs) she used to beat me up
4: (laughs) of course of course I don't have any siblings but I've heard that's normal right is that normal (laughs) yeah
3: I, I have yeah. a brother, and the answer is still yes. Yes.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She used to try to beat me up. She would deny it now, though. She would absolutely deny it now. But, yeah, she used to beat me up. I have two sisters and a brother, and um, I'm very different. My my uh, two sisters are very reserved. We're just completely mm. opposite. So just imagine what I'm like. They're the complete opposite <laughs> to what I'm like.
4: <laughs> yeah.
5: Um. But, yeah, no, we, we are
4: close. Oh, that's good. And um, well, I mean, going back to kind of what you touched on right at the beginning, you were talking about sort of family and friends' reaction to recreations. What have their reactions been like to you as you've developed and grown and recreated yourself as a person and, and sort of been very public in, in doing so? What's that been like?
5: Well, I've been a dom for over 11 years, so they've had a long time to adjust. But none of them were surprised. Not even my nan. No one was surprised. I love that. I love that. Not even your dad, yeah. iconic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my nan, I got her an iPad, bless her, because she lives in Barbados. Mm-hmm. And I'd call her up and she'd be like, she calls me Madam Storm and, you know. <laughs> and she. Oh, my God. She really, is, she really is a sweetheart. And, you know, when she tells me how proud she is of me all the time, she still tells me off because I don't like wearing panties. <laughs> and that's the only thing she tells me off about. Because the woman is worried about me getting into an accident and going <laughs> to hospital and the doctors hearing <laughs> about their panties. I'm like, Nana, they're not going to care that I'm not wearing any panties. But um, that generation yeah. always talk about that. And like, <laughs> I don't know what why. would happen if you're in an
3: accident today? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, why is that a collective kind of fear for them? I don't know. I don't know.
4: It's really funny.
5: It still plays in my head to this day. But no, my my family are super supportive, um, my mum and my dad. Look, I've I've been me like this since I was a young girl. Like, my dad sometimes reminds me of, like, how outspoken I was and how boisterous I was. So being a dominatrix, I guess, to them makes sense. It's not nothing that's out of my character. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was going to ask, actually, just on that point,
3: so... I won't ask your age or anything, um, but obviously you've been in that space for like 11 years. How was your journey into finding that space and like realising that that was a a path you could actually take?
5: Well, going back to my childhood, you know, I went to like six different schools because of bullying. I was always tall and I always stood out and people used to find me really intimidating. So they were projecting their negative thoughts upon me. So they were uncomfortable with my presence. So now I teach people, if your confidence makes someone uncomfortable, then they should leave the room, not you. And when I found the BDSM world, I decided that I was no longer going to leave the room. I was looking for a place where I didn't want to leave the room, right? So when I found this Mm. place, instead of people saying, oh, I'm intimidated by you, or why are you wearing heels? You're tall enough already. Or why is your hair shaved? I was now appreciated for taking up space, I was now respected, I was now worshipped yeah. and and it was and it was beautiful and that's why I stayed in it for so long, and it allowed me to explore my sexual energy and be like, "Oh okay, this is why you know this is why other people felt that way, like shit, I was trying to be human all this time, and really I'm a goddess. Hello <laughs> so it just gave me. It just gave me a really fun space just to have fun because a lot of people think BDSM is really serious and really dark and there's different types of mistresses. I'm a very like laid back kind of person. I like to have fun. I interact with my pets. I have personal pets. I have male pets and I have female pets and the world of BDSM. I mean, I've traveled the world. I've traveled the world and I've, Mm. I've, donned with different women different mistresses and I've met different clients and and I've had a great time
3: amazing sweet for anyone who um might not be familiar with the term or wants a bit of further explanation could you just give us a little breakdown of what BDSM actually is
5: yeah I'm gonna say what BDSM means to me Mm. I think BDSM is a place where you can explore being dominant and submissive, okay? It's also a place where you can explore your kinks and fetishes. Whether that's bondage, whether that's foot fetish, whether that's a smoking fetish, it's the place where two individuals come and exchange power between you both. So one is as a submissive, and a submissive is an individual who gives over their power To the dominant person and the change the dominant person just feels electrified they feel empowered because they're able to make this individual just lose themselves in this beautiful world of bdsm
3: awesome
4: thank you so much i was just going to ask i guess those first forays like, did it feel like almost like cliquey at the beginning or, or was it quite easy easy to get into it and kind of infiltrate the world? Or were you kind of like, what's
5: going on half the time? When I first started domin, I went to this lady's home and she had a dungeon downstairs. And um, she said to me, would you like to come and see my dungeon? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes. And I went down to the dungeon and there was all these whips and all these canes. And she started to cane him and she said, would you like to have a go? And I said, yes, please. And I never looked back since. Like the sound of <laughs> that was... crack of that whip was like that, that yass. Was <laughs> and
4: just just for <laughs> just for our listeners who who might not be aware, is it quite common for for mistresses to have dungeons? Is that just like a thing that's like quite predominant in the in the industry community? Back
5: in the day, yes. Back in the day, yes. Things are much different now. Unfortunately, a lot of dungeons have closed down. A lot of mistresses have remove dungeons from their from their homes for safety purposes. Oh, okay. so yeah. The in, yeah, so the industry has changed a lot from when I first started out. But listen, girls, you'd be driving past like a, a house and you don't even know it is a <laughs> fully equipped dungeon. I think that's what surprised me the most was seeing all these houses mm. in all these like areas that you would never feel yeah. You open a door yeah. and then there's this naked guy crawling around on his hands and knees and, you know, there's whips everywhere and canes everywhere. Yeah. It's like a whole different world. <laughs> it really is amazing. It really is.
4: <laughs> um, what What's, like, the best dungeon you've ever been
5: to or, like, ever seen? In Berlin. Oh, my God. I toured Berlin. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Um, I've never seen anything in my life, like, Beautiful, like each room was themed, you know. So you might had a a pink room for the sissy maids. So sissy maids are men who like to dress up as women, and it'd be like all pink with all these different colors, wigs, and you know they understood the fantasy because BDSM is all about psychology. A lot of people think it's about sex, and and it's not. It's it's all about how you can stimulate someone mentally right? How can you make this person feel your energy? How can your energy turn this individual on? In some cases, without you even talking or even looking at the individual, I don't know about you ladies, but for me, that's a trip. (laughs) And it was a skill that I think I'm I'm continuing to build on. So when I went to Berlin, I couldn't speak a word of of German. And when I got invited, this, this dungeon is like a very prestigious dungeon, and you have to be invited to come. So when they invited me, they were like, oh, so you, you speak, you know, the language. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't know how to say anything but guten tag. But listen, girl, I'm, I'm a hustler, <laughs> and I was not about to miss out on this opportunity at all. And so um, the one thing I also loved about Berlin is that when you get there, there's other mistresses in the dungeon, so you're not alone, whereas over here, it's not allowed, right? But in um, Berlin, they have working dungeons. So you know that like you go to work, to the office, someone's making tea, yeah. someone's having breakfast. That's exactly what it's like in Berlin. Um, so yeah, I got along really, really well with the other ladies. And I said to one of them, listen, I don't know how to speak the language, okay? <laughs> You've got to help me out when it comes to like exchanging of the money and stuff. And she's like, don't worry, girl, I got you. Um, but what <laughs> I learned was <laughs> that what, what I learned in, in Berlin was the importance of sisterhood within our community, which is why now when I do my mistress training, I have a free Slack group. So all of my women can join this Slack group and they can talk to one another because it can feel quite lonely if you don't have anyone else. That shares this passion with you, or are very judgmental. So, having a community is really important of like-minded people together. And I had the best sessions there, and I couldn't speak the language, and all of my sessions were vibes and off, just the energy, you know, and being able to connect with someone. On just on that note, I
3: guess it's a you obviously talk about how what you teach can help people, you know, recreate themselves and full better into like their own identity. But then also when you're describing like your work, it sounds like there's an element of like theater to it um, and kind of like non-verbal communication. Was that something that you had to learn as well and kind of get better at as a skill, almost to like embody the character?
5: Yeah, I mean, on my missions training, I teach a lot about how to build your character. But for me, I feel like it was something that was quite natural for me. And I went to the brook Performing Arts School. So for there for four years. Ah, I yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there I, I, you know, I guess that's why I'm so comfortable being on stage. Um, and, so, and you should never play down the things that influence your life. So I might say to you, oh girl, yeah, that's all natural. But when I really think about it, I'm like, okay, where did I get yeah. all these influences from? Right? Which goes back to what I was saying about affirmations. Like, don't, underestimate how powerful positive and negative words can change your life it might not be now it could be like two years or five years time so I would say that I became the person that I am today because of everything that I've been through like being going to seven different schools six or seven different schools I can't remember allowed me to have good people skills like I can go into any environment and feel comfortable because I'd done that at such a young age.
4: That's amazing, thank you. And also it makes total sense that you went to Brit school. When you said that, I was like, ah, of course. so just going back to obviously the theme of the podcast is growing up. I wondered, um, sort of in relation to your extract and, and this like beautiful, these beautiful words that you had for your sister. Um, usually we ask people what advice they would give to their younger selves if they could. But I was wondering, like, what advice would you give to your sister if you could, you know, her sort of her growing up? I think that'd be really lovely to hear because that extract was written for her and, and, and obviously speaks to your like your close relationship.
5: I would say to her younger self that you're going to grow up to be this beautiful successful woman you're going to be a great mother a great wife a great individual and a great support system for your little sister
4: oh that's beautiful beautiful thank you for sharing that with us going on to our
3: final question which I will direct to you I guess speaking to your younger self who you know was getting bullied at school and was moving around a lot, what do you think she would think of where you are today and how you were able to, like, manifest all of that energy into something so positive?
5: Oh, you're going to make me emotional. (laughs) Uh, What would she think of who I am now? She would say, well done, you did it sorry i'm getting
4: really emotional no worries no that's okay i feel like this this question is it makes you suddenly realize how much has changed and and how far you've come right and and that is emotional especially as you described it was it was tough yeah
5: yeah it's yeah sometimes it really does get really overwhelming because sometimes i can't even believe where i am today you know and to constantly have to fight to be yourself can become very draining you know and as a black woman I get stereotyped a lot so I feel like I always have to work extra hard so looking back at everything that I've been through in my life you know going to like six different schools going through bullying being put in prison because the police lied on me like having to fight even now to be who I am, to be authentic. I had big PR companies and managements tell me, don't swear, don't tell people that you're mistress, don't wear thigh-high boots. And I said, no, I'm gonna be who I am. And I, you know, and I don't have anyone working for me at the moment, like I am an individual. That's what makes me feel emotional because I stuck, I stuck to my words. So the same thing I teach other women, is the same thing I stuck to. And it may have taken me longer than maybe if, if I did have management team backing me and I did do what they wanted me to do. But at the end of the day, I stayed real to who I am and I'm living in my purpose. And that feels amazing. So to anyone that's like listening, just stay with it. like Stay true to yourself because the rewards are so much better. The rewards feel so much more genuine because you deserved it because you stayed true to yourself and your heart was pure in everything that you did. And you you just stuck to your own values and your own morals and self-acceptance. When I say self-acceptance, I'd be a hypocrite if I did what those managements wanted me to do. Because then I wouldn't really be accepting me. I'm fine just the way I am. This is me. You either take me as I am or leave me.
3: Thank you so much. That's such a good note to end on, I think.
4: Yeah, thank you so much, Madam Storm. You are an inspiration and it was such a pleasure to have you on today.
5: Thank you so much for having me, ladies. It's an honour.
4: So, Charlie, are you
3: sold on all of this? Are you, you know, booking your tickets for the next
4: Dominatrix class? You know what? I would love to go to a dungeon. Not necessarily to do anything or see anything but like, I'd love to like, actually, no, yes, to see everything. I want to see some of the whips and stuff, like not being used on, on people, but I, I'm just interested in like the aesthetic of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agreed with a lot of what she was saying and I can imagine how for some women that would be like a really helpful way of kind of reimagining and and what was the word she's recreating that kind yeah. of. Uh, space in the world or, or their own, own understanding of themselves for sure. Yeah, that was that was what I was most drawn to in that conversation.
3: I thought the, the bit she talked about, about like people finding her intimidating before any of this and kind of like finding a way to make it so that she was able to stay in the room and that other people, you know, if you want to come in, please feel free but if not then like that's a, that's a you problem. So I thought that was a really like inspiring yeah. way of looking at BDSM and just like
4: Owning strength in a in a different way, yeah, for sure. And also, how refreshing was it to hear that her parents aren't like, oh my god, like you know, cast cast her out or anything <laughs> like that. You know, I want to meet it's, her it's nan. Great that was... yeah, in it, yeah. Um, I'll be making sure to wear my pants, like um, <laughs> my underwear, rather. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed interviewing her, and it's clear how, as she said at the end, how hard she's had to fight um, to get to this this really brilliant phase in her life where she's able to sort of impart wisdom onto others and, and help other women. So big up Madam Storm is what I've got to say. This has been an
3: IO Studios production. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget, you can sign up to become a member at gal-dem.com for access to exclusive discounts with our favourite brands and partners, early access to tickets for Galdem events, an advanced copy of our annual print issue and so much more.
4: Make sure you're following us on all major social media platforms at Galdem Zine for the latest independent journalism or visit our website, which is gal-dem.com. Galdem has a book, I Will Not Be Erased, Our Stories About Growing Up as People of Colour. It's available in all good bookstores or online. If you loved this episode of Growing Up with Galdem, be sure
3: to subscribe, rate and leave a review. We'll catch you on the next episode.